Welcome to the Dirt Reporters Podcast for the week of February 9th. I'm your host, D-Swab Derek Kessinger, joined by the editorial staff by future Hall of Famer Todd Turner, notes master Kevin Kovac, and big shot Bob Robert Holman. Guys, I'm kicking this show right off to Robert. I know he's probably very happy right now. Mr. Holman, how stoked are you that Dennis Herb Jr. got the big win at East Bay last night, his first since 2015 at the joint? Derek, I am giddy as a schoolgirl. Um, it was a, it was a great race, even though it was kind of in the bottom all night long. Uh, if you look at it, you know, there towards the end, I was, I was biting my fingernails when those, uh, when those kids were, were making their run around the outside. So, uh, it was exciting to watch. Fortunately, uh, well, first of all, unfortunately I was not there, but fortunately I was at home. So I, I was able to be a fan and just kind of sit back and watch the show and, and enjoy it and enjoy that win. It was it was a good night for sure. Yeah, big time win and a much needed one for a speed weeks for Dennis Herb Jr. For a guy that's been going down there for a long, long time. I want to say maybe just going on the top of my head, he might have the current active most speed week starts for guys that are down there right now. So he's been coming for a long time. Much needed win. And Kovac, you were sitting with me in the infield, we actually saw Brandon Overton get passed. Yeah, that was something that doesn't happen very often, it seems. Uh, he starts on the pole. He was fast time. He won his heat race. You're thinking, this is a this is Brandon Overton back on track after, yeah, a little, you know, he wasn't really in the mix uh, at uh, Alltech over the weekend. So, um, and he, he takes the lead, and he had a probably about a half a, half a, stri- a, half a straightaway lead at one point uh, early in the race, but man, he didn't. Uh, Dennis Herb, he fell back to fifth, started second, fell back to fifth. It was a little, uh, you know, tough to get a hold of the outside. And uh, then he starts popping back up there. He's up in the second and he starts like nosing under Overton. And, <clears throat> and Brandon couldn't keep his car down on the bottom like like Herb could. And next thing you know, he's he's uh, he's sliding out. Herb takes the lead. And and uh, it's like, oh, whoa, what just happened there? And Overton actually fell all the way back to fourth. Uh, before he got the second and then uh, ended up hitting the wall with a five to go when he was trying to make another run on the outside, which there wasn't quite enough there uh, to really uh, get a lot of traction. So uh, definitely a weird uh, situation there when uh, one that slips away from Brandon Overton, it probably won't see that happen too often. But the thing is, what was a thing about Brandon, he found a way to almost come back and win that race. That's what's so kind of uh pretty impressive about him. I mean, it didn't look like there's much up top, but he found just enough. Like if he could have hit it, he would have had to hit it perfectly. And he was I'm for, and he wasn't able to, cause he slapped the wall between one and two at five to go, but he, he made a run at it trying to get a win for his uh, car runner, David Wells on his birthday. That death slide in one and two got it. Ashton Winger as well. He was on, he was having a good run. I'm sure his dad, Gary Winger was all fired up. And I bet you he's telling Ashton, just take the second or third place finish. Come on, man. He hit the wall very hard there. And Todd, we get to East Bay on Monday. Yesterday it gets rained out. 72 cars check in. And I did a little bit of digging, and we mentioned it in the Speed Weeks Minute, that Saturday of East Bay in 2013, there was only 36 entrants. And you're just thinking, this might be the only track that has doubled their car count in the last eight or nine years. What makes East Bay just this, like, mystique and everybody wants to keep going there. Obviously, it's going to be closing down, but 
it just seems like everybody is coming out of the woodworks to go down there recently. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess that's the obvious thing. It's like people want to get a chance to race at East Bay, and it, if it indeed it has just two couple of years left after this, uh, with the impending sale of that, clearly is the main is the main driver of it. But we, you know, um, yeah, you look back at the history of car counts and popularity of East Bay. Well, I think it's always been a popular track, but it definitely has kind of gone gone up and down with car counts, and that was. Uh, as you said, 10 years ago, there was a stretch there where there was a low point. And really, we're going to look at this probably as, as one of the high points. Because even, um, I don't know, what uh, as an old-timer, what I consider the heyday of Speed Weeks uh, uh, at East Bay, uh, when Stars was going down there, it, was, it seemed like it had a really good good stretch there, the, the old Renegade series uh, in the late 90s. But, they, you know, if they had 60 cars, it was good. I mean, it was not, it was not like there was always 100 cars. I think sometimes there's a, there's an impression, always enormous and huge. And, you know, they had those, the years of the good year and extreme where it went, I guess the 114 maybe was the highest, but that was definitely an outlier. Uh, you know, the sweet spot is probably 60 to 70 cars, which, you know, looks like we're going to, we were in the 70s, I guess, all all uh, last year uh and it's looking like um you know probably around 70 or, or plus uh this time too but uh it definitely it's a track that that people love you get to go there for six nights it's warm uh you know if, if you say if you can put on your resume that you won at east bay that is something special uh always and forever will be you know even especially uh, as we get down here with the track uh uh, in its final years, but um, um, yeah, East Bay, uh, it, it is. It's it's much more satisfying to watch this East Bay uh, than when uh, people are maybe uh, thinking, "Ah, what's the big deal? You beat thirty-five cars." You know, uh, when you're when you're knocking off seventy cars, uh, whoever's winning uh, really uh, has a feather in their cap. Yeah, no doubt about that. Also, I. Uh... Brought up the list here from 2013, Todd. Don O'Neill won $10,000. Doug Drown second. Bobby Pierce third. Earl Pearson Jr. fourth. Dennis Herb Jr. fifth. Uh, household names like Chad Hollenbeck tenth and Jerry Lyerly fourteenth. So just uh, how much different the racing is and how much of the big dogs go there. Obviously, you had World of Outlaw guys going to Ocala that year as well. So that kind of played the part of it. And they had 39 cars there as well. So that's close to 80 cars in that Florida area, which we're seeing now. But quick thing about East Bay, one more thing, Todd. Have you ever seen a track other than maybe Eldora that has so many urban legends, like the tide affects the racetrack, that hill gets keeps getting bigger and bigger? It just seems like East Bay always has something that uh you hear that's kind of like an urban legend a little bit. Yeah, the, t- the tide thing, I think, is the big one. And I guess Count Me is a little bit of a skeptic about it. You know, I've, I've done probably – I don't know, at least three stories about it. You know, kind of the first time I went down there and then there was another uh, another couple of times, you know, you address that and you talk to kind of all the old timers and there's people who swear by it and the people that, you know, think it's just something to get in people's head. But there's no doubt about East Bay surface. Uh, even if this year it's not the same as it was 10 years ago or 20 years ago or whatever, it is always keeps drivers guessing and in recent years, the in, what what drivers complain about the inability to steer, uh, it just makes it a very very difficult track to get a hold of. I remember, and it's a little a little gross, but I remember Moyer 
uh, Billy Moyer, the, the winningest uh, winner national drivers, he, he used to describe it when it was hard to steer there. It was like, it was like trying to drive on snot, which, uh, you know, very descriptive, not, not quite pleasant, but, uh, uh, but as Mark Richards mentioned with you, uh, uh, on your one, like one beer, it, it makes for good racing. I mean, it makes for entertainment, uh, for sure to watch, uh, watch drivers struggle on this surface. Yeah. Death sliders for day. I think for days is what Mark kind of alluded to there. And, uh, East Bay just always has that crazy racing there. And, uh, look, looking forward to the rest of the week. More here, the rest of the 2022 version. And maybe only, as of now, only 16 more races at the Clay by the Bay. But, Robert, they raced at All Tech. And you kind of maybe got Mark Richards fired up a little bit because you were giving Longhorn a lot of love. They won all those races to start off speed weeks, which – no doubt. I mean, they deserve it. Rocket comes back and wins three straight, and maybe uh, kind of woke up the demon there a little bit. Yes, I thought that that could perhaps happen, Derek. And you know what? I I, uh, I don't I don't know Mark very well. Not like you know Kevin or you. Like you know, I haven't had a, a ton of conversations with with him over the years. But I have to say that I I absolutely I, I love Mark Richards. Uh, because a, I think he's, he's one of the best things that's ever happened to our, our sport, you know, right up there with, with CJ Rayburn. Uh, but I also, you know, love the, the determination and the, the work ethic and the, and the kind of like, I told you so type attitude, because you know that they're not going to back down, you know, that they're, you know, going to work to try to get better. Uh, so I think that uh, first thing I said was, "Could Longhorn sweep Speed Weeks?" I don't know some some crazy comment like that, and then uh, <laughs> we know that is a kind of kind of a bold statement. But it was a question, not a statement. I wasn't. I don't think I was suggesting it. Uh, but then, of course, the, going into uh, going into in my fast talk uh, yesterday, my fast talk response, I actually uh, said that I thought there would be four Longhorns winning at um east bay and two rockets and now that's not even gonna be true because of uh the the rain out you gotta love mark richards and that that whole team how they kind of uh dig when they're uh, backs against the wall if you look at kind of historically they'll dig down and and uh and get to work and and come back and the funny part is uh i picked a herb to win last night i just picked tyler herb you know Picked the wrong herb. So, you know, I still, I still, it's still a rocket, still a herb, right? I don't know. Yeah, I'm glad you finally admitted, Robert, you were wrong. I'm glad we get to see some uh, parody now with the chassis builders getting different wins right there. And the guy that started the rocket win streak, Kevin Kovac, was a man that needed big time wins out of Speed Weeks. Had a, bit, a long losing streak for that race team. Brandon Shepard, he gets that win at All Tech. His interview afterwards, he was like, doing the prayer sign a little bit, saying finally we got a big win there. He, he won the Friday version of All-Tech, or the Thursday version. Yeah, he definitely needed one. I mean, it was a uh, – uh, man, it, it, it's unbelievable. He didn't win one last year. He went through the first uh, stretch there of Speed Weeks this year without having a Speed Weeks win. So it was his first win in spe at Speed Weeks since uh, February 12, 2020. He won at Volusia. That was before Jimmy Owens went on that big World of Outlaws streak to end the – uh, dirt car nationals that season. So uh, he went a few races at the end of 2020, all of 2021, beginning of 2022. That's just uh, unusual for uh, how, 
how many, uh, how that team performs during speed weeks and how Shepard has uh, rung up wins uh, during, you know, in Florida and Georgia over the years, over the last few years. So uh, I, I can imagine him, you know, final, because when a guy like that doesn't win, they're getting all kinds of questions. Everybody's asking him, when are you going to win? And it's got to be annoying to them uh, to be hearing that constantly. You know, everybody on the drive home, and, you know, like I was asking, when is the wind's rocket? What's going on? They're going to you know, and jocking, joshing around with them. So uh, to get that weight off their shoulders with that victory was, uh, was uh, <laughs> very relieving to them. And it's, uh, and I'd imagine they'll might get a couple more before the end of this uh, stretch now. Yeah, and Joel Rogers, Mark Richards said it yesterday at East Bay that uh, he got his first ever win as crew chief. So he uh, stepped in for Danny White there at Alltech, got the big win. And I know he needed a big win, but Todd Turner, I think Jimmy Owens, he needed a big, big time Speed Weeks win as well. And he was back in that XR1, got the $15,000 payday. And arguably that race was awesome as well, a battle between Devin Moran and Tim McCready and then the old savvy veteran. Jimmy Owens and that nice slick racetrack got by them with a handful of laps to go. Yeah, Owens Owens needed one too. He had, I guess, had not finished better than tenth, and uh, really not been a factor at Speed Weeks at all. So uh, he was kind of lurking behind those guys. We were having kind of another McCready Moran showdown, and uh, and and Owens uh, really made a good move there when he went outside McCready and took the lead. But uh, that was that was big for him. He. Um, never never a particular big fan of florida even though he's he's had his share of success down there here and there but uh, uh he seems to struggle a little bit in the sunshine state so he was glad to knock that one off yeah jo like you said newport nightmare needed that win there and he uh that was a pretty sporty race there at all tech and talked to several drivers on monday at east bay they were very impressive with the racing surface and you know doesn't tear up much equipment it gets that dry slick there it's a big Big half mile, so a lot of drivers were impressed with it. They thought the racing was uh, very, very good down there. And Robert, we're going back to your boy, Dennis Herb Jr. When I think of Speed Weeks, he's one of the kind of like the last older generation, I mean, older generation guys doing all of them. And you've seen all these up and comers like Brandon Overton's of the world, Turbos of the world. And it was kind of cool to see a guy from Illinois, especially, you know, Dennis skin that big win there. Just uh, seven wins, I think he has now at East Bay. And First one since 2015. It was kind of cool to see an old school guy get that win there. Yes, it definitely was. And and to kind of put that into perspective, I think Todd sent us a stat last night uh, or or Monday night. I think Todd sent us a stat that said something to the effect of uh, that Dennis is uh, of all the drivers competing now, he has the most speed speed weeks or East Bay wins down there. Uh, you know, uh, at East Bay. So uh, I think that says a lot to, to just the, his longevity in the sport, uh, for sure. And he's kind of the type of guy who who goes about his business very, very quietly. He doesn't really – he's not a headline chaser. And so when he does win, you kind of have to look back and say, when did, when did Dennis Herb, you know win again? Because he, he's not – he doesn't go down there and string four or five together. But there was that uh, – I think what about – 12, 13, 14, or there was three or four years in a row there where he won a, a Speed Weeks race there at uh, at East Bay every single year. Uh, I think, uh, let's see, 12, 13, 14, 15. So he went four straight years by winning a race there before the seven-year drought. So I think that uh, that's kind of 
with him right now, uh, it's kind of hard to to think that of all the, the 70 or whatever drivers that are in the pits area that Dennis Herb Jr. has the most wins at East Bay among all of them. I think that that's uh, – I don't think that's a stat that you would just think about right away, and that's, that was definitely a good one that, that I think Todd pulled uh, on Monday night. Yeah, another great stat I saw that they posted in there, Kovac was uh, four different chassis wins at East Bay. Uh, guy that's been racing for a long time, you don't – I mean – I guess we could see it, but I don't know if there's anybody that's had more different chassis wins. It just shows that Dennis Herb Jr., especially at East Bay, he can get anything and get a W. And like Robert said earlier, he got that Rayburn win in 2015. He has a Bloomquist one, XR one, and then a Rayburn one. So that's a pretty cool stat there, I thought, a guy that's kind of stood the test of time a little bit. Yeah, it's like yeah, he he can get the job done on a lot of different chassis, that's for sure. Uh uh, and they've all come the, between 2009 and 2015 is when he won all of his races until this year. A couple of years, he won twice, too. He won, I mean, almost all, only one of them hasn't come at East Bay. He's won once at, at Volusia in 2012. Um, so uh, East Bay is definitely his place. He has a, he has a knack for that. Should have won at, at Volusia, you remember, though. Uh, wasn't too long ago. Remember that, that, uh, that, that controversial... Uh, uh, speed weeks uh, when he won and then he didn't go to, to tech afterwards uh, immediately to tech and uh, just talking about herb a little bit. I mean, he is uh, that guy, you know, we, we all were, he's not going to be the big colorful interview, you know, I mean, he's very, uh, you know, very, he's, he's just going to tell it like it, like what, what he sees and, and that's it. He's not going to go into, um, uh, you know, flowery uh, descriptions of the race or anything. He's a, uh, Kind of a, he's an old school. He's not like he's a 65 year old guy. He's 49, but uh, he is a little has that old school in him where he's a little gruff uh, and, and and rough around the edges and does it his own way. And uh, he goes under the radar, you know. But he uh, he's come off to a great start. He had he had a great run over at Volusia to start that World of Outlaws season. Uh, so I mean, he maybe maybe this year, you know, he it took him a while. He got that big win at, at the Dream. Maybe this is a year where he like he contends. It's it's uh you know like everybody gets their year when they keep uh keep plugging away long enough and and like he like just like he did with Eldora with the bit with the win. Maybe this year is a, a more of a Dennis Herb year on the World of Outlaws tour. Yeah, and if I'm a Land of Lincoln guy, Kovac, I'm all about that. Let's get some Dennis Herb Jr. some uh, national touring wins. Robert, we'll get to Todd in a second. What do you have anything about that? Couple things that has drawn me to to Dennis. You know, ever since I first met him in, in 2001, uh, he was campaigning Rayburn cars, and my brother and I bought a Rayburn, and I was needing some stuff for it, and he had some stuff for sale. I bought some stuff from him, and I've communicated with him, and he's helped me with the car, and, and just different stuff like that. And I've said this before in interviews, or, or with talk, when like talking uh, on on different shows, that Dennis's, um, I guess his demeanor is very, is very old school. Even though, like uh, Kevin said, he's only forty nine, he is very old school, and it really reminds me when my stepfather was in his heyday of racing. Uh, my stepfather's driver suit was a pair of overalls. His hair was always out of whack. Uh, you know, I mean, just. Just different stuff, you know. He and and he told it like it is, you know. And he was 
my stepfather was a straight shooter and i think that dennis is as well and my and the other thing is my stepfather never went looking for trouble but he was always willing to kind of stop trouble or solve problems you know what i'm saying he never went he never went somewhere else looking for it but if someone came to him he was always he was always willing to put the brakes on it in any shape form or fashion he was just an old school racer and that's kind of what has drawn me to dennis as well but but anyway back to the chassis thing you kind of he you're like okay he won all these races at east bay and rayburn well he really didn't oh nine rayburn 2014 rayburn not 15 but 14. he's actually won more and this is a great stat that i had to look up myself he's actually won more races than a bloomquist race car at east bay than he has in anything he's got three wins uh, 2012 and twice in 2013 in a bloomquist and then of course the 15 he was in a barry Wright, and then of course the rocket so definitely a guy who can get it done and, and just about you know anything even though you kind of think about how he you like oh he's a rayburn guy and he was for all those years but he's definitely a guy who can get it done in, in any kind of race car uh and the good thing and the, the the thing about dennis is he does no matter highs or lows he does just keep plugging along uh and that's uh, uh one of those kind of icon i think he's going to be one of those iconic figures in our sport when you look back and you think you know that guy he was just always there he was always digging and i think that's what uh you know draws a lot of his fans to him yeah and i was gonna ask todd turner that when we look all look back at his stats and history and stuff like that where does dennis herb jr rank in the late model world echelon a little bit. I know he's got a crown jewel win at the Dream Summer National Victories. Where does uh, the one-man band stand with you, Todd Turner? He's had quite a pretty good long career. Better better than you expect, I think. And I think Robert's right. He he just kind of grinds it out, and he's kind of always there. I, I remember first seeing him, and I guess mostly at Kankakee back in the early 90s. You know, And he raced closely with his father, Dennis Herb Sr., for a while. Of course, when his father died, it was it was hard on him. And he but I think he kind of that that also kind of propelled him, I think, to some success. And as he mentioned, uh, when CJ Rayburn died, and in some ways Rayburn became a little bit of a father figure to him to help continue to propel his career. Um, I think that's what impresses me most about her. If you look at those summer nationals titles three in a row, when he was just kind of grinding it out. Um, and as we've said, it's not the headlines. He's not, you're not going to remember him for, you know, some flashy thing or whatever, but, but he's the kind of guy, when you do start looking back through the records, you're like, wow, he really is getting it done. It's funny, me and Michael Rigsby with, with Steve Casebolt, the, the Indiana driver, this is a dozen or more years ago, you know, Case, Casebolt is, is funny, but he would, he would always, uh, he, he would compare himself to other drivers. And finally, he came up to a thing is like, am I better than Dennis Herb? And he's like, you know, I, I'm not. Dennis Herb is better. And then he got to play this game. It's like, compare Dennis Herb to any other driver. And and you start comparing it, and you realize that Herb is a lot better than a lot of people. Uh, and this is really before his national touring career. Uh, so, he, you know, Herb, Herb stands up against the uh, – uh, against people maybe better better than you expect when you really crunch the numbers uh you may not remember him for anything particularly flashy or exciting uh but he just is kind of kind of the guy that keeps his nose to the grindstone and gets it done i mean it's a really impressive career 
that he has carved out. Because there's lots of guys in his situation uh, financially and kind of going there on his own uh, who who have washed out or could not kind of stick with it. Uh, and Dennis is really one of those guys that really is, uh, uh, has really made it happen. Yeah, no doubt. He is just an absolute grinder to him and Heather, the only two going up the road. Great nickname, one man band. And Kovac, people forget though, he, or not, yeah, Kovac, people forget before you get talking about Dennis Herb Jr., is he was on the other side of the Super Chef incident. So that's his other claim to fame a little bit too, that he was the, uh, the, basically, his car was the target for Steve Shepard Jr. So, uh, what do you got here about uh, Dennis Herb Jr.? I want to say maybe, you know, it's not quite passing of the torch. I feel like when these older guys win, kind of the guys around your age bracket win, it kind of pumps you guys up a little bit, saying, hold on a little bit. We're not passing the torch yet. We can still get it done at East Bay. Yeah, I mean, look at look at some of the guys up and all, either – Right near 50 or 50. Well, like Jimmy Owens just turned 50 at Owens. You got Tim McCready's won a race during Speed Weeks. You got, and now you have uh, Dennis Herb. I mean, the upper 40s and right on 50 uh, age group here, you know, like we're, we're, we're doing good this, this Speed Week. So, uh, uh, I mean, I, I think you yeah, did have Dale a good time out there. Dale McDowell. Dale McDowell also. Yes, that's right. The first one. We got that, that race sticks out there because it was so long ago. Dale McDowell, right? I think they got more than the young guys, really, right? Isn't it? I mean, we're up, up ahead in the in the ranking so far. Um, but, uh, yeah, you look back at that, uh, uh, and then your comment there just about, yeah, like his his car was the target of of, uh, of, of Steve Shepard Jr. That was pretty crazy. That That's uh, really – that, that kind of almost it sums up Dennis Herb a little bit where he's not, like you said, the everyone says is the, the flashy guy that's going to be winning the, the huge bunches of races and, and making waves. And, and so he ends up getting in that incident with, with uh, Steve Shepard Jr. And, and that's what so many people uh, might be remember him up, uh, remember about him immediately. I mean, I kind of looked through us. He's got, Nine World of Outlaws career wins, nine Lucas Oil wins, and most of them uh, his his biggest wins are you know, a lot of are the Summer Nationals, twenty three, and, and the three championships. Uh, you know, I remember one year he almost won the the Prairie Dirt Classic once. I mean, he's won the Prairie Dirt Classic back in before it became the big. Uh, Jonathan Davenport kind of gave him a little bit of a door there and, and got underneath him to win. Uh, it, it's the thing I've always thought about Dennis Herb is he's sort of like that journeyman, you know, baseball player who's going to stay there. He's out there. He's never going to be a, a, a superstar because he's not going to run up, uh, you know, the 500 home runs or, or anything like that. But he's just, he's, he's, he, you, you never, he's, he's so dedicated to the, the craft, I guess, that he's staying out there for years and years and years. And, and he's going to stay competitive and, and there's going to be days when he hits that big homer. He's won as many Speed Weeks races as anybody out there, it seems like, over the last, what, 15 years, even though he has a has a break in there of, a, you know, you, you got to give him credit for his longevity. And he he just keeps, like Ty says, grinds it out because uh, he's uh, he doesn't want to do something else. He wants to be a race car driver, and that's what he's going to do, he, and he might not. Uh, you know, some other guys would be like, you know what, I'm not making enough money because I'm not winning the double figures in a season. But uh, he does, he feels he does it well enough with the way he, uh, the way he races, the how the the money he makes. So 
uh, you, you gotta, and, and you can't count them out. Really, any any race, really, you, you can't. You never know when he's gonna pop up there and uh, and, and and knock one off like uh, like at East Bay. Yeah. So to all the listeners out there, give some give Dennis Herb Jr. a little more credit there. I think even in my home state, people underrate him a whole bunch. So I mean, his accolades are just as good as a lot of the guys in the lane of Lincoln and Robert. Well. We kind of forget, like with McDowell winning that race at Volusia, you know, Herb ran second in that race, right? You know, yeah. I mean, he's he he is close to having two speed weeks wins here. McDowell was so really dominant in that race, but uh, but Dennis ran a really good second in that race at Volusia, and and as as what we call you know Volusia one So you know, he's really close there, and he's he's been consistently fast in some other races. Where he's just um, just some bad lane choices, kind of on some cautions, really cost him a ton of spots in some of these other races. But yeah, he's he's close to having two two wins here, which would put him if had he won that race at Volusia, you know, all of a sudden you look up and you're like Dennis Herb's got as many wins as Brandon Overton, you know, or uh, or Devin Moran during Speed Weeks. But uh, of course, it's a, a second that we kind of forget about because it's so long ago. Uh, one final story, uh, Mark Richards said that car was pretty much a bare frame the Friday before they left for Volusia 1.0. Weather was coming in, and they fixed that car up in less than 24 hours, and him and Heather headed south. So uh, that car they got put together is dialed in, and we'll see if you can get another win here at East Bay because the track conditions are like that. They play a huge favor in the one-man band. But, uh, well, before we end the show, we got one more thing. We'll start with the future Hall of Famer, Todd. What do you got for us? Well, I just encourage uh, Dirt on Dirt uh, subscribers and visitors to check out our Speed Week statistics. Uh, it's something I started doing, I think, in 1999, uh, and it's kind of evolved over the years. And uh, in recent years, it's been helped by uh, our own Andy Savory kind of set up a spreadsheet so we can really crunch some numbers. Uh, but check out the statistics. Just try to cover the six of all the Speed Weeks races, not just one series or the other. And you'll find that uh, on our front page uh, at the very top of the story listings, there's a little link to statistics uh, or at the top of the Georgia Florida Speed Weeks index page. There's also another link there. It's fun to tabulate and uh, it's fun to look back over the years and, and look up those stats. So, so check that out if you haven't uh, already. People are kind of freaking out thinking that Jonathan Davenport's retiring. I saw a lot of people on social media asking, hey, are you retiring because he's not at East Bay? Folks. Drivers don't have to go to every single race nowadays. So if they're not at a racetrack, they are not retiring. I kind of had a funny tweet congratulating on uh, JD retirement. He had a hell of a career, the Eldora modern day guru. But uh, no, I'm just kidding. Yeah. So JD's not retiring, folks. He'll be at races in the future. He's A OK with JD. So, Robert, what is your one more thing? I just uh, I wanted to give a birthday shout out to Tony Hammett. A uh, longtime photographer, dirt late model photographer. Uh, his birthday uh, was February eighth, I believe, which was uh, that was Tuesday. So I just wanted to give a shout out and a happy birthday to him. This guy, we featured his work on our Throwback Thursday photos last week. Uh, some of his work from East Bay. Th this he's one of the one of the most well known photographers in our sport uh in his day and his work is just has been incredible through the years i was fortunate enough to 
uh, meet him for the first time in 2001. Happy birthday. I don't know if he listens, but uh, if you know Tony and he does not listen, give, tell him I said happy birthday. He's a, he's a great guy and, and definitely been, um, you know, a huge, huge part of this sport for many, many years. So happy birthday to Tony Hammett. Happy birthday, TH. Hope you're listening. Great shout-out by Robert in batting cleanup, Kevin Kovac, this week. Going to hit a monster bomb here with the one more thing or what? No. Uh, just make it a little, little sadder one, I guess. It's uh, just uh, condolences to the family of Jeff Kurtz, the car owner for Jeff Ryan, the Sealands Grove and Bedford driver uh, in Pennsylvania. He's from Danville, Pennsylvania. And, and Jeff Kurtz has been his car owner. Uh, the Jeff's auto body and recycling uh, on, on Jeff Ryan's car for, she's there's going on 20 years. It's one, it has to be one of the longest uh, car owner driver combinations in the country. And they only run, uh, you know, basically now at Seals Grove, they back in, you know, a few years ago, they might've gone out to some races at other racetracks, but it's basically, they just kind of focused on Seals Grove and, and, and uh, specials at Port Royal. And uh, so, uh, but Je I saw on uh, Sunday, apparently, uh, it looks like uh, Jeff Kurtz passed away. Uh, he's in his 60s, uh, long time racing. Another another a guy who just has been a big sponsor at Seals Grove Speedway also over the years. And uh, sad to see him uh, pass away. Just condolences to his family and also uh, Jeff Ryan uh, for, for losing his uh, uh, you know friend who's been to with him so long. Yeah, you hate to see that uh, information and news. So condolences out to their family. A uh, bad deal there, like you said, a long time car owner. It's kind of crazy that it was that long when you were telling me that last night. Well, guys, uh, we're ending the show here. People listening, we had the rain out yesterday. We got four more days at East Bay, 16 total races, knock on woods, allegedly left at the Clay by the Bay, the famous Tampa Oval track. Uh, guys, you listening, we have great stories. Uh, we got one lap, one beer. We're going to have a whole bunch of highlights and stuff like that. Shelton side bites, all your uh, Speed Weeks coverage for Georgia, Florida Speed Weeks. Please check out Dirt on Dirt. These editorial guys are writing some great stories. Always check those out. Superlatives. Robert, you did a great job there from this past weekend. So if you're listening to this, check it out, and we will see you next week.